The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! But if you think about people you really like, like whether it's Humans of New York or it, it just very much knows what it is. And I think it's about like pick one thing and do that very well. You're posting into a maelstrom of content, you know, that's both original and terrible. Like I think one of the cool things about Instagram is you're seeing all these artists emerge. Like we work, we work with a lot of illustrators and stuff. So like if you're an illustrator, you do that one thing and that's what it is. And people resonate with it or they don't. And I think you kind of have to approach social media that way. How we doing, everybody? How we doing, everybody out on the interwebs? What are you munching on? I just got down. I had a Hershey kiss. Hershey, Hershey kiss. kiss. And Is drinking, that the only thing you've eaten all day? And I'm drinking some Trump water. Is that the only thing you ate all day? Uh, people were devastated when they heard that this Mountain Valley scream is, is called, uh, the Mountain Valley water is called Trump water. It is the best water. Mountain Valley mineral spring water. But they drink it in the White House, and so now it's called Trump water, which I don't know. I don't know if I'm endorsing that or not. I'm just telling you it's damn good water. Mountain Valley Spring. I like it because there's minerals in it. And I've talked to a lot of experts and they said that the first thing you want to do when you wake up is drink a water with minerals in it. So I'll either do this water or I'll do like a hydro flask with mint and lemon and a little pinch of pink Himalayan salt. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are back in the studio. Another day, another podcast. Is that really the first thing you've eaten all day, though? No. Um, yes, I is. had a smoothie this morning. I'm on a big intermittent fast kick right now. I'm in I'm in peak state, hyper-focus. Listen to the Jorge Cruz episode, everybody. We talk about intermittent fasting. I learned an interesting fact. I was with our buddy John Durant the other day, and he was telling me... Uh, actually, not just John, but also Tara. It happened two two conversations I've had this past week around intermittent fasting. And they told me an interesting fact. Men actually have an easier time than women. And I'm not saying, I don't know if that's true or not, but this is what they told me with intermittent fasting, because traditionally or historically through evolutionary, um, through the evolutionary process, men were the ones that were out hunting. So they had to go for longer periods without food and women were more of the gatherers. And so they could kind of like munch and feast on whatever they were gathering while they were gathering. I'm going to gather you a go macro bar. Yeah. Go macro bars. (laughs) I had two. No, I did. I had three of those today. Okay. I had the Mountain Valley water. I had a blueberry muffin, but no, I haven't, I'm not really, um, it's not my first thing, but yeah. (laughs) Anyways, Lauren, what's going on? We need to work on your nutrients. I feel like it's, it's really important, Michael. I don't think you've seen a vegetable in the last few days. I don't got a lot of nutrients. That's true. I don't got a little nutrients. Neither does, neither does Taylor though. No, I'm, I'm better on the vegetables, sauteed spinach, broccoli. Anyways, guys, we got another interesting episode for you here today. Not just interesting, exciting. And it's with Jesse Margolis, the man behind one of the most famous Instagram accounts. You've all heard it or seen it uh, and love it. Overheard LA. I kind of want to discuss something with you that I noticed has been a theme for you and I the last two weeks. Wait, is this, if, it, if it's what I think you're going to say, it's been <laughs> a theme for you for the last two weeks, but it's been a theme for me for the last 32 years. I have been really studying successful, high-level people. Oh, never mind. I was taking that in a different direction. (laughs) One of the things that they all do, and bear with me because this sounds weird at first, is they set aside time in their calendar for thinking time. Oh, never mind. No, that that's that's right right up my alley. Okay, so I've been looking at high performers like Keith Cunningham, 
Um, you guys have to listen to to some of his podcasts. He's so good. He he's a guest on podcasts. Keith, please come on our show. I'm begging you. And he talks about how important it is to set aside 30 minutes to 45 minutes of thinking time twice a week. And what he does is he goes into his thinking time with intention. So he goes into this thinking time with a question that he wants to ask himself. And he has a journal and a piece of paper. He says no computer or phone. And he just spends time thinking. So he got this tip from one of his mentors and it became a huge theme in his life to do his thinking time. So now I am calendaring in pink on my schedule, 30 minutes, twice a week, thinking time. And I'm going to go into each session of thinking time with an intention. What do you think about that, Michael Bostick? Well, I think it's a deeper issue. I think a lot of people don't have the ability to sit alone with their thoughts anymore. And they don't have the ability to sit alone and just be bored. You know, if you go back a few years, there was a time you're sitting in the doctor's office and what do you do? Stared on the wall, sucked on your tooth. If you're lucky enough, maybe they had a little magazine, pick up a little reading material. So that's what you did. You know, you sit around in a line. What do you do? You sit on your, you just sit with your thoughts. So that was the way that we've evolved throughout history. Is just when you're bored, when there's nothing to do, there's nothing to do. Now with the, with the access of the smartphone, everyone, what do they do? You're sitting alone for a second, pick it up right away. And most of the time you're on social media, probably looking at accounts like Overheard LA. So I think that people have been, we've evolved into a species that is scared to be alone with our own thoughts. And so I think it's not so much just setting time to aside to think, which I think everybody should do. I do it and I put it in my schedule intentionally, but it's also being okay with being by yourself in your own thoughts. I would agree with you. I think that the older I get, the more I want to be alone and go introverted and really spend time thinking. I think so many problems that, that have happened in my business or in my life have been because I've been reactive instead of proactive. And I feel like going into a thinking time with a question that I'm asking myself, for example, um, the the latest thinking session was the question for me was, what am I not seeing in my business? What am I not seeing? And I sat down and I really examined what I'm not seeing. So I think having that question at the top of your journal and just sitting with your thoughts, like you're saying, is super powerful. Well, it's important to look inward. I mean, I think where people are running into a lot of trouble in life, in most cases, is they're looking outward to external things. Can this person help me? What did this person do to me? What if this event happens? It's it's not a lot of internal reflection and saying, what can I do? What do I think? What do I actually even really want? That's the biggest thing is a lot of people are going down there working at a certain job, they're pursuing a career, they're pursuing a company, whatever they're doing, they're pursuing a relationship and they're just going and going. And next thing you know, you're just like going down a a rapid river and you don't even stop to take a second and say, wait a minute, is this what I actually want? Is this what I actually want to be doing? Is the end result actually something I'm craving? And so a lot of people, if they could just take a step back and analyze for an hour or two a day or a couple hours a week, you're going to have a little bit more clarity as to what you're doing. Totally. It's like what Warren Buffett always says. He says, think about what you want in how long? You know. Well, he likes to plan out for like, what does he want yeah. in seven years seven and back years. into one? Yeah. But no, I mean, even people like if you're going to go down to Warren Buffett, which in those guys, which are obviously high, high level, even people like Bill Gates at the at the height of Microsoft and during its biggest booming years, he would take a week off work just to go think. Yeah. Go off into a cabin somewhere. I'm slowing down to eventually speed up. I want to spend a lot of time just with my thoughts and not scrolling through social media and looking outward, but just really being inward. So that's been a big theme for me lately. And I I like to share things that I'm experimenting with, with you guys to further optimize my life. And Michael and I have been on the same page with this one. Well, questioning your beliefs. Questioning my beliefs. Why do I want to do this? 
why do, why do I actually think this is beneficial? Yes. Why do I crave that end result? Like actually questioning why and, and, and what value you're putting on things and actions. That's important. I agree. With that, Michael, why don't you introduce the episode? This one's a good one with at Overheard LA. If you guys have not heard of this Instagram account, it is iconic. So we're talking to Jesse Margolis today, the man behind the account that we all know and love, Overheard LA, which has turned into Overheard New York, a bunch of other properties on social. And we just wanted to dive into why this account exists, what they're doing with it, what the man behind it is doing, and just really get into it. I think it's a it's kind of a unique interview in the sense that we're living in an interesting time where we're starting to see personalities arise behind things that we might not have seen a few years ago. Like this random Instagram account exists and it's all about people talking and saying absurd things in LA and all of a sudden there's millions of people paying attention. That's a strange career path. Um, and so we wanted to dive into that with Jesse and just you know get his take on everything that's being overheard in LA with that, guys. Welcome Jesse Margolis to the show, Overheard LA. Maybe there's a couple things... That'll be overheard on this episode. All right. Before we get into that, let me talk to you about Rothy's. So if you know me, like really know me, you know, I am fanatic about white shoes. Like I wear white shoes, I think every single day of the week. They, they're they my favorite things. There's something about them. I feel like they're very flattering to the feet. And they also just get me all nostalgic. Like they just remind me of a boat shoe. You know what I mean? Super nautical. Anyway, Enter Rothy's. So I actually have three pairs of these shoes. There's other colors. Now I like white. Okay. This is one of my favorite partnerships because it's so easy to talk about because I wear them all the time. You've probably seen them on my Instagram at least five times a week. Okay. I know you guys are going to love these because they're really, really easy to slide on when you're running out the door and you're running late like me this morning with iPads on. Also, they're super stylish, they're cute, they're nostalgic looking, and even Meghan Markle wears them. This specific shoe, the one that I like, is really flattering to the foot, and in white, it's even more flattering. Uh, you guys know how specific I am, and uh, this shoe is going to make your foot look nice. Rothy's are ideal for this. Like I said, I got the white slip-on shoe. The fit is true to size. I got a seven and a half. And there's no break-in period. All right, before I give you the deets on where to get these shoes, I have to tell you that they're made from recycled plastic water bottles, okay? So they're the softest shoes you'll ever put on your feet, and you can feel good about wearing them. That makes me feel good. They've reached almost 20 million bottles recycled. All right, check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com skinny. All you have to do is go to rothys.com skinny. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com skinny to get your favorite new pair of flats. Comfort style and sustainability. These are the shoes you guys have been waiting for. Head over to rothys.com slash skinny today and make sure you pick up the white pair. Now let's get into the interview. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. I'm glad we're, we're popping your podcast, Cherry. Oh yeah, you're like my, my you're penetrating me. Oh That's, my God, gonna, your version. <laughs> Yeah, I'm being penetrated by the Skinny Confidential. It's very, very exciting. <laughs> you always remember your first, good or bad. So welcome to the show. I, I mean, just the, the double Cartier love bracelets alone. Or it's, <laughs> I it's, I, you know what? I forget that I, I have this thing I was making fun on. of him yesterday for this. <laughs> yeah, I know. It might be too LA. We just moved from San Diego. So this uh, is... I couldn't tell by the matching. <laughs> by, by the matching. I'm going to saw that off him tonight, I think. I actually think it's cool because you've, you're, you're looking at the love bracelet, but you also have 
these tattoos underneath. Just yeah. a position. So it's, it's a contrast. It's like like a tough guy standing in front of the fountain at the Grove. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. that's a perfect analogy. <laughs> tough guy, yeah. except. Um, Except I don't know if I'm so tough anymore. I'm, go, I'm I got like bones creaking and everything, you know. No, he's not. It's like dealing with a geriatric. Like I am changing his diaper by six o'clock. He's in bed, ready to go to sleep. Eight p.m. I'm done these days. It's, it's over. It's really. He it's doesn't over. want to drink anything anymore. He just likes water with lemon. Our relationship. The water evolved. from the White House. <laughs> Trump water that you let us know is called. Yeah, that so we Mountain Valley here. water is from the Wachita Mountains, but it is the official water of the White House, which they also sell at Air One. So it's, it was Obama water, it was Millard Fillmore water, and now it's Trump water. Michael won't, won't drink anything less now, I know. Well, With your say what you lovers. want about the guy, but he knows his water. He does. He does. How do we get here? How do we get here? Overheard LA. Let's, let's go back a little bit. How did you get here? Let's get a little bit of background. Yeah, so Overheard sort of fondly started by accident. Like My friends made me an Instagram account called The Thin Jewish. I guess this was back in the day when the, nobody knew that The Fat Jewish... Existed? No, like they didn't know what memes were and they thought, you know, he was doing all his stuff. And so the, I guess they were really into it. They're now off Instagram and act like they're too cool for it. But uh, yeah, so they made me this account. I used to kind of screw around on it. I would make like, you know, take pictures of latte that my barista, you know, sort of insulting my barista and this foam work or like making emoji book screen covers and just kind of screwing around. And then... Uh, yeah, I just heard these two women, like, at Erwin, I was sitting outside one day, and these two women walked in, and they were just, like, talking about Lisa and, like, this total bitch in their life who just, like, loves swag and has this pit bull. Was that me? It might have been. <laughs> it might have been you. Yeah, but it was all about freezing their eggs. I mean, the conversation just went, so I just sort of compressed it into a paragraph, wrote it in notes, and screenshot it on my private account. Instead of getting 16 likes, I rocketed up to, like, 30 likes for my friends. So after like a week or two of those, a friend of mine, a screenwriter, convinced me to start the account. What were you do like? What were you doing for a career or for a job at the time? I don't think I had a career. I definitely was very dissatisfied professionally. Um, okay. I was doing. I had been. I had a, a streetwear company in my late twenties, early thirties, and that kind of went under. It was really cool, but I had no business, you know, theory behind it. And then I was bankrupt, which I can tell. But like the bracelet, you one day will be bankrupt. <laughs> or, oh, may, or maybe fuck. have almost been multiple times, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great. It's <laughs> an indicator. Yeah. But uh, I, I was definitely like down on my luck and my, you know, and then um, I used to spend a lot of time at Air One. And then I started working in doing like casting for docuseries and reality TV. So I had like a freelance job, which I despised. And I sort of always lamented that I'd never done anything I always thought like, oh, if I could go back in time, I would have done something in comedy or advertising. And now I've sort of luckily stumbled into both. Uh, into both, yeah. So how do you go from that to where you are now? Because now you have multiple accounts. I mean, there's Overheard LA, there's Overheard New York, there's Overheard, is there Overheard Miami? How I many mean, you're like You're like know? the real housewives of Overheard. Like we have, they're all over. You know what I mean? So how do we go from you at Air <laughs> you ever, Have you ever had that analogy before? No, I think she's just defending you because of the bracelet. Yeah, she's, 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 she's digging yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, good. Defend me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we go from where you started at Erewhon to where you are today? Is this just rinse and repeat seven days a week work? How are you building the team? What's sort of the A to Z? Yeah, it's been a lot of just kind of feeling it out because I didn't understand the landscape of social media when I started it. So I, in my mind, when I started over, like we have eight accounts now, five of our own, uh, LA, New York, San Francisco, London, and University. And then we have three branded accounts. Um, our original one, which is with Lolabo, which I smell like right now. I don't know if you want to lean in. 
smells great. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's doing cocaine. It's just lava. Um, and then we have an account with Bumble. And then we just launched last June an account with Uber. It's a small, tiny company. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. A little mom and pop artisanal car startup. Um, I've heard of Lyft. I, I, I haven't. <laughs> I truly haven't. Never used a Lyft. This is going to be a weird episode. Um, <laughs> Oh, do they sponsor you? No. no. Okay. Well, definitely not now. Yeah. Sorry, Uber. That's yeah, Taylor, edit that out. No, maybe not. Keep, keep, keep it alive. Keep going. Um, so a lot of it's been just feeling it out. Like the first year was just like maintaining Overheard LA and sort of like I had these rules I came up with, which is like no images, no cheesy hashtags, no like follow, you know, chasing after following people. None of this like these meme accounts do this like carousel posting of like, you know, wine and I'm so tired and all these memes and they just sort of, you know, there's like a way to strategically grow. Just stuff they know that will get some viral activity going around. There's a way that you can strategically grow. And we just never did any of that. It was just like, this is going to be about the content. This is not going to be anything else. It was before there were Instagram stories. And then with the help of uh, my friend Mercedes, we launched Overheard New York. And once that kind of hit, because, you know, there's that line, if you make it in Miami, you can't make it anywhere. But... (laughs) But like, you know, once the New York account took off and I realized this was replicable in such a, you know, a city that has such high standards and stuff like that is when I sort of started to have an idea of what this could be as a business. Was there somebody that posted or shared that like made it just go ballistic or is it It did a slow build? It, it was a slow, it wasn't a slow build. It, it went straight up. It was basically Ireland Baldwin found it when it had like a thousand followers and that helped us. And then uh, Jennifer Morrison, who's a really talented actor and director, um, she was on like Once Upon a Time and House and stuff like that. She kind of boosted it and then it just kind of went. Do you guys collect all the content from other people? Do you find it? Is it a medley? How do you go about having all the content for the week? So we have editors now, like we have an editor who does San Francisco and an editor for London. And then, I mean, basically it's all, it's mostly UGC. So people send stuff in. Um, they send in a lot of really terrible stuff. We just did a really fun story called DMs to the Editor, where we posted like the, the biggest Amazing. assholes that have ever done our stuff. <laughs> so like, good. you know, like complaining about, you know, there's no Jones in studio, like yelling at us that the account's fake because there's no Jones in Studio City. And then they're like, they're like, oh, my bad. There is a Jones in Studio City. Sorry. You know, fuck you or whatever. Are you let a curse? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Awesome. <laughs> So yeah, it, it, we, it's mostly UGC. I mean, there's a small portion of it that comes from conversations from friends and dinner parties and things like that, but mostly people send stuff in. So when you're, when you're vetting this now, like what is the vet, I mean, what does the vetting process look like? Just has to be funny or, I mean, like, do you go and say, did this person actually live in LA? Like, it's is it, very is it... specific. It's a very specific type of humor. It's very specific. And in some ways, like the New York account is a lot more free. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like the New York account, those are the two sort of bigger accounts that have a million followers. And the New York account is more random and the submissions tend to be like a little more interesting. LA is more like yoga, kale, avocados, you know, celebrities we don't mention, like, you know, all that stuff. Um, so it's trying to keep it fresh, but also kind of just, it's hard. Like sometimes I'll tweet stuff. I, I'll use Twitter as a little bit of a testing ground, which makes no sense, but I'll just, we have a Twitter account, so I'll just tweet a bunch of submissions. What I find funny about it is that people accept this absurdity here in LA. Like, it's like you read something and you're like, yeah, that's normal. That's a standard. Even though it, it's so out there, like we've all just, we've all just said like, Hey, yeah, that's acceptable. Cause we're in LA. Is LA the craziest? LA is the craziest. I mean, some of the things that we post and that I was reading, I'm like, it's amazing. You read it and you're, it's so absurd. But you're like, okay, but, but I accept it. Yeah. But it's real. Like I got a text from a friend of mine the other day 
that said, because I have like, you know, some minor health issues because you have to if you live here. It's like part of the, you know, like, you're nobody if you don't have like gut issues. Some kind of ailment. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, she sent me this thing. She's like, I need you to see my healer. Her name is blank. She's in Van Nuys. My friend had ovarian <laughs> cancer and now it's gone. And that's just a text, like, and it's, it, maybe that's true. I don't know if that's true. Um, but it is a particularly Los Angeles thing. I think LA's always been a little like. Like you would never get away with that if you were in the Midwest and you're like, listen, there's this guy, I know you got this cancer, you got to go here, you see him and you'll be here. Like people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just think what's fringe in other places is mainstream here. So yes. like, you know, Christianity is massive. It's not that big here. It's like, oh no, but like, you know, whether you're a Libra is going to affect how, you know, which freeway you take. <laughs> So, so you know, there's always going to be in the, in the Midwest some kooky healer person who's like a little different, you know, like some gypsy friend. Like Aunt we've Martha. had some of them on the show. They've, yeah, they've, for they've, sure. they've been on. How have you built a team? Because this is a unique business because it's new. I mean, you know, social media to me is still obviously the wild, wild west. How have you built a team and how do you know sort of when to pivot and make moves? And, and how will you build this out into potentially a product or a podcast? Yeah, so it's. It's again, it's been very much like guttural, like feeling it out, like, and it's been a lot of luck. Once I was, I realized I was able to monetize the account and stories came along and we try to do it very delicately. You know, we try to do like two to four ads a month, never treat ourselves like a billboard, always sort of like do collab, you know, sort of co-create the, the brand collaboration with whoever we're working with. Yeah. So Mercedes came on early. She's brilliant. She runs all our branded accounts and does a lot of content for us. And then that was just sort of like a happy accident. And then Bridget, who's sitting here with her slightly overweight dog, Kathy overheard Kathy, can't break 800 followers if anyone's interested. I overheard Kathy. <laughs> get, her, get, her, Kathy. get her to a thousand. Kathy with, an I, the, the Kathy with an IE or a Y? Y. The only account of overheard that can't take off. Let's help Kathy out. Anyway, um, so Bridget came along. She was just really enthusiastic. And, you know, I had a little bit of extra money. I sort of started off as an intern. Um, and then we hired her full time. And now she's basically kind of runs the place. I partnered with my best friend of since kindergarten because I don't know anything about business. I'm mostly just Cartier bracelets and White House water and just, you know, cocaine. <laughs> um, and then we just hired someone to sort of do like operations um, and we work with a lot of freelancers. So it's been very much like stage by stage. You know, we're self-funded. We haven't raised a penny. We've never bought a follower. We've never, you know, sort of cynically. Good, you don't have to have answer to anybody. It's great. Yeah, well, it's great, but it's also, you know, it'd be fun to raise a bunch of money so you can just sort of do get things faster. Get some Cartier bracelets and yeah. yeah. Stack them up like Courtney Cardone. Let me ask you this. You get into any of this meme drama with, you know, I heard, you know, we mentioned Jilly. Jilly Hendricks was on this network for a while. She was talking all this crazy stuff about all these different meme accounts that go to war with each other and they get into all this drama. You encounter any of that? No, I, I've never looked at Overheard as a meme account. Um, I know that technically like that white square of text it is a meme. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just never looked at it that way. And we intentionally like don't really follow meme accounts. I mean, we follow a couple from try not to engage with them. And I, I think memes are hilarious. Like there's like really funny memes are amazing. There's stuff on Twitter. and on But it's a little bit different than what you do. But we just, tr I've always tried to, tr it sounds snobby, but I've always tried to treat Overheard like it's better than the platform it's on. You know, and we've tried to appeal to a sense of irony and satire. and It's a bit. It's like a great yeah, bit. Yeah. You study comedy when you're when you're younger? No, but I'm Jewish, so you know, sort of natural the natural neuroses and all that stuff is always you know. You talked about anonymity before you came on. Can you kind of speak on that of why you decided to stay behind the scenes? I just think like I mean, if I were if I were 25 and like going out to nightclubs and like at one oak, like you know, 
John Stamo. I don't know, like with whoever would have been there at the time, you know, like I think it probably wouldn't have been anonymous because I would have wanted to be a part of it and wanted the benefits of whatever that sort of pseudo celebrity is when you, you know, have Instagram stuff. But I just think the platform itself is a lot more powerful without a face. To me, it's it's reflective. Like, yes, there's a lot of stupid stuff on there, but there's a little bit of that in me and there's a little bit of that in all of us. And I think having it be about the city, about dating, about culture, and just be this sort of like, it's not a black mirror, I guess it's a white, it's a much less well done white mirror. But I just think that's more powerful. You know, it's not like I'm some wannabe Banksy. I just think bringing my face. Well, because you bring the face to it, everyone's going to just start associating with you. And the way you have it set up now is it feels more like us. Does that make sense? Yeah, but look at look at the difference. It's bad timing, but look at the difference between the fat Jewish and fuck Jerry. Like they both took off. They were like the sort of Rockefellers and Carnegies of Instagram. I wonder if they've ever been described like that. That's a good way. <laughs> Probably. Probably flattered. But you know, everyone. Th- there was this whole crisis moment with the fat Jewish because there was someone to go after. Yeah. You know, there's this personality. He came on the show and talked all about it when that happened. He was, he yeah. was talking about like what he went. He's like, listen, who, how, how did how do you know where memes came from? And in his defense, like I get where people were pissed. For me, I always look at those guys. What I find funny about the accounts is the commentary they put behind the memes. Does that make sense? Like the captions? Like the stuff? captions. Like, yeah. like I think, because in, in the defense of that, like a meme can get circulated all over the place. Like, I, do you remember back in the day, E-Bombs World? Do you ever used yeah. to follow? Dude. That's the, that was the I jam mean, back in the day. The like greatest. nobody knew where that came from, right? What the, the fuck is that? Oh, come on, Lauren. I got really sad because I saw E-Bombs World on Instagram and it had like 50,000 followers. Yet. I was like, you invented the It's the, the original. Yeah. It's the original. Um, I used to just sit in college and look at that. And yeah. Probably why I didn't get the best grade, just stare at that. But, like, but nobody knew where that came from. True, but there's a. I think there's a. It, there's a contrast there because it's like, okay, so you write funny captions. Does that mean you get to make millions of dollars a year? And there's something to be said for capturing the audience. I just think fuck Jerry. Obviously, there was a recent scandal, but they mm-hmm. did a much better job of like, what is this? Who is this? Fat Jewish did amazing stuff, but he. I think you just pay the price for having an ego persona attached to it. You know yeah. what? I think you do a really good job at. I think you do a really good job at, at making a community. Because what you do essentially is is you you put the the bid up and then underneath it you tag the person that heard it that they've submitted so you start to sort of grow this community and the com- the community becomes the hero which I think is really really smart to make your consumer the hero. We're gonna talk more about that, but first let me tell you about FabFitFun. Okay, so the 2019 FabFitFun Post Spring Editors Box is on sale now. This, guys, is such a great gift. Mother's Day is coming up. If you need something creative, this is so fun. So basically with FabFitFun, your mom can celebrate Mother's Day four times a year. You can forget about the flowers. The flowers are going to die. You know what I mean? FabFitFun's not. FabFitFun is all you need to make holidays very special. You get over $200 of products for $49.99. So FabFitFun works with lots of great brands, brands that I'm sure a bunch of you guys have heard about. But my personal three favorites are obviously DP Hue. I talk about DP Hue all the time. And they have an ACV hair mask in there that's a $42 retail value. They also have a Murad Renewing Eye Cream. I love a good eye cream. And this one's $82 for retail value. So another fun brand that they work with all the time is Tarte. Anyway, just to give you a little breakdown. So it's a seasonal subscription box. FabFitFun's delivered, like I said, four times a year with full-size beauty, fashion, home, and fitness products. The key is full-size. I don't want like a sampler. You know what I mean? I want the full-size. So no samples at all. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200 in retail value, which is very, very fun. 
And you get to discover all these good brands and products. So you get to kind of taste the rainbow. Sign up for FabFitFun today because these boxes are always selling out. You guys, just go to FabFitFun.com to sign up and you start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code TSC to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code TSC to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. You'll love it and you'll love the full-size beauty products. I'm telling you. Yeah, I don't think it was intentional. Like when I was like, we posted our first submission after like three or four weeks. I, I think it was, I can't remember something about like a nine-year-old having a yoga birthday party in Brentwood or something. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But there's something about it. Like I've, I've actually been overheard, you know, like I've actually sat somewhere in Silver Lake with my friend had a really cynical conversation and had someone not know it was me and submit it to me. Yeah, right. Which was it? Can we, Can you say what it was? It's in the little intro to our book. Okay. But it was basically just me complaining about, like, you know, girls dating only one of 12 guys in L.A. You know? <laughs> like this Me Too actor and this, like, magician and this, you know, like, whatever. And then she submitted it and I was like, oh, you made my day. But, yeah, there's it, it, it's accidental. I think Instagram's made a lot of really amazing developments that have just helped us like Bridget and I always joke like Instagram's just our best friend like the stories came came along so now we can like use images and use visuals without screwing up the sort of spirit of the accounts can you speak about your book can you tell us about that yeah it's I mean it's just kind of I mean we're we're planning on doing a bunch of different stuff but this was fun it's called we only dated for 11 Instagrams it's about the two of you we've got a few under our belt now it's incredible it's the the 6,000 Snapchat street The 80th snap. How yeah. many st- how many stories your highlight having it now? Too many probably, right? Mine? Yeah, how many like how many stories how many stories are in that highlight? Like hundreds. Yeah, same we, way more than one Instagram. Yeah. Did you guys meet on Instagram? No. We, met we, were, tw- we, were, we were twelve. 12. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, you want to go into that? Like at Burning? This is not overheard LA. This is overheard Minnesota. Oh. So this is what happens when you come <laughs> from yeah. San Diego. This is what happens. You worked yeah. for Amy Klobuchar? Yeah. <laughs> So tell us about your book. Oh, yeah. So it's called We Only Dated for 11 Instagrams. It's a book, so who cares? It doesn't really matter anymore because nobody reads. And also it's <laughs> it's been written with other people's words. But yeah, it's basically it's got an intro from the mayor, Eric Garcetti. And it's just kind of our best of. It's divided up into like dating and digital life and, you know, fitness and food. It's just kind of like, you know, a coffee table bathroom book of like our favorite quotes from the first couple of years. And how do you guys continue to scale the business? Do you think there'll be product? Like what's the next steps? Yeah. So it's interesting. Like right now we're, you know, it's basically advertising. We do, we work with brands on our platforms and we have these branded accounts, but we're launching like our first project off social next month. It's going to be like a print project, just kind of a surprise. And then we're looking to activate more at events. So like how can Overheard be experienced, you know, at an event or at a place. You're building a media company. Media companies are all going out of business. So I don't want to say we're building a media company. Don't tell company. me that. Don't tell me. No, but in, a, in, in essence, it's, you're building a new media company. Like, I, I, I know what you're saying. A lot of media companies as they exist right now are going out of business. I think it's, there's a, multiple reasons I don't want to get into right now. But you're building a media company with a new form of media. And you're going into areas like what, what, you, what you're able to build now, books and activations and advertising platforms. Like you're able to do this with a very nimble and small team. And to be able to do this on the scale that you've done it now in the past, you're gonna, you would have, you know, 100 employees. Exactly. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't do it. Yeah, I have a really douchey way of describing it, which is it's sort of micromedia company slash creative services agency. But I do think like what Fuck Jerry's done 
the, you know, excusing the whole fire festival yeah. thing. I mean, I saw you there. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, I was in one of the houses. No, I, I saw it all, saw I saw it all going down. someone because yeah, they tried I, to get near your 20 tents that I, were protecting I grabbed you like five mattresses. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think they've done a good job of, of laying out how you can monetize. Like he has that game and they have, he has a tequila. Like, you know, in fact, and he's got his media company. Yeah, exactly. So, Serp, the client service company. Our path is, you know, growing on Instagram, growing on social, um, you know, starting to get more into video and storytelling content events. You know, we want to do stuff as as silly as like, you know, in a hotel elevator, I mean, an elevator of a new hotel have quotes whispered, you know, into it, which would just be for fun to, you know, working with brands on billboards. How does our IP go into the world and then sort of get reconsumed back on social? Um, so the print project, which I'll tell you guys about next time, you know, merchandise, events, you know, that kind of stuff is what we're sort of looking to do. If there is an audience member out there listening that wants to submit to you, what is the most strategic way to submit? Is there any little tips or tricks you could give them? Well, first is like really read the submission and think to yourself, like, does this suck? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is this something that everyone's heard a thousand times? Because I think a lot of, you know, the account's two or three years old now. So it's like stuff that we would have posted two years ago. It's like, oh, that joke's done. Like, we all know about, you know, the yoga teacher talking about politics, you know, as they're wont to do. So I would say, like, you know, make sure it's funny. And then just we, we read every single submission. It's just we don't allow them. So people think we don't read them because it doesn't have the red receipt, but everything is. And then if it's good, we'll allow it and we'll send a release, which we've been doing. Uh, I get what you're saying. So like you see it, but you don't you don't necessarily hit allow unless it's good. So Because the, the Instagram's DM functionality is so terrible. You can't yeah. actually like we can't really communicate with our followers. You know, it's, it's, it's not on those first 10 or 20 DMs. I know you're getting hit up all day on DMs. Like, you know, where'd you get that bracelet? What's the deal? <laughs> How do you go from Minnesota to San Diego to LA? Like, you know. Um, but I'm going to saw it off you tonight. <laughs> I actually think it's dope. Well, you know, I think it's... Why'd you cover it? Well, because I just didn't want to get... I didn't want to get berated no, so much. Listen, I'm very delicate, silver. man. It's silver. It's not You gold. know what's bothering me more than the bracelet? The ring. Well, no, this ring, ring. Um, our friend Tara, well, this ring, well, this is my wedding ring. So no, I, I love, I love the concept no, of the ring. No, this one is that one. Um, but he keeps wearing it every single minute. It like tracks your heart rate and your sleep. Oh, my your, friend. Aura. I was about to get one of those. No, it's legit. It's I, good. I, I like I it. I have Sorry. to hear I, about his sleep. I like it. If he's had a good day or a bad day. You do look like a biohacker though. You no, I'm, I'm such a biohacker. I'm not, but I never, like, I just got given this and I was like, holy shit. Like now I can see how poor my sleep is. Oh, and I, we have to talk about it every single day, like all day long. And it'll tell me like, okay, you're ready for the day or you're not. I need a new subject. I've heard about this. My friend Taryn posted about this and it's this ring. It's like four or $500. And it tracks your sleep, but also like heart rate, heart, like it, stress levels. Yeah. I, my, I drank I, this weekend and the heart rate spikes and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, like, now we can't drink. He now said I'm, he like, can't drink I'm like, whoa, birthday. I'm like, what's going on there? Lucky me. <laughs> Is there like a fucked up influencer that chases after you going like my precious? Like, it it basically like tells you, it's like, Hey man, like the other day I got a message and it's like, Hey dude, you better take it easy today. Today's not a good day for you to do any activity. And then some days you're like, Hey, step it up. And I'm like, Oh shit. And so it kind of, but you have it's to like a wear game. it, right? Yeah. It's like a game. I wish you could wear it as a toe ring though. And then you get into competition cause I have some buddies that have it and they'll like send me their shitty score. And then like, if I'm, if I like did really well that day and then if I didn't do well that day, I just won't send that day, you know? No, but apparently you can do all this stuff. Like if you took Valerian mm -hmm. route to go to sleep, for example, you can like track that and see how that affected your sleep. But she said they're updating it with some, like last night I hit the CBD pen before I went to sleep. And then I was like, oh man, I got really good I'm gonna REM be, sleep. I'm going to be honest with you in my backpack, I have really bad anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's fat, like trendy right now. And... <laughs> 
so I bring, I carry CBD with me, yeah. not THC, but it has a trace amount. And mm-hmm. I had it for the podcast and I spilled the entire bottle in the pouch of my backpack. So when I was in the waiting room and all these like, just... all these like, you know, people that look like they work at Condé Nast are like walking around. I dipped my hand into the backpack and just sort of soaked some up with my fingers. I would have done that. Calmed too. Calmed you down a little bit. Yeah. I would have done that Took too. Take that. Yeah, yeah. We we got to put CBD in your water or something. That's you how you I do. could use it. You have anxiety too. Well, fuck yeah! I mean, look who I live with. <laughs> For DMs, how do you, like how do you guys not feel overwhelmed? You must get a thousand DMs a day. I don't think we get like a thousand. We definitely get a couple hundred submissions a day. We get emails as well. What do you do? You have how many people in there going through them? Um, I go through LA and then we have editors. So they basically, we have like in, for the London account, for example, like we have an editor who will, you know, go through them all, submit, you know, we'll sort of look at, you know, a month's worth of content. LA and New York, we turn around quicker. So yeah, we're basically just in there every day. Where do you think the best submissions come from? Which city? You, you think it's still LA or New York? I think if they're at their absolute peak, LA is the best, but I think New York is amazing. Like I think the New York account has amazing. New Yorkers are really funny too, I feel like. LA, does, LA may be a little delusional. Yeah, but that's what makes it so funny. Yeah. New York just has a freedom to it where you're like, you can just picture anything. It's something about public transportation and bashing up against each other and being in a true city that's a little different than, you know, the, the sort of sanitized. LA has a lot of cliches and tropes. You know what I mean? Who, has, has there been anyone that's done, like, I'm sure you guys have done, got a lot of press, but is there anybody that's, like, compiled a list of your top posts? Yeah, let's read have a Have you looked couple. at that at all? Let's probably, go through a couple. Or have you not even gone through that? Well, we made a book with our favorite ones. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't have access to the book right now. That's true. I would have brought you guys yeah. a copy, but I just wasn't. You know what would have been smart if we timed this around the... We'll have to do it again. We'll do it when we do like a cooler book. We're going to do like yeah. an art book or like a... And I'll have a bracelet book. for you. We'll have... Yeah. Like the a... nouveau ring will be like yeah, yeah, a joker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. with you love bracelet. Yeah. You love like, like a joker. <laughs> Elon Musk scoliosis brace that tracks all your like... I just want to strap into like a machine, oh you know? I'm, I'm basically weighing out life I'm, I'm hoping that eventually like if i get to like if i make it to 60 that i can just turn into like part robot you know what i'm saying oh great mm. yeah i actually recently had stem cells did you, did you? Yeah. we had a guy on here do you know luke story i know the name he got stem cells in his dick where'd you get yours where'd you yeah where'd you get yours <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> i got mine in my arm but yeah. they target they do like a thing and target your brain yeah whoa yeah so, like, because I have, like, an autoimmune Hashimoto's thyroid issue, which we can talk about in detail right now. Yeah, tell us. No, what... no, no. Oh. <laughs> no that's interesting. But, uh, you know, like, it's it's a legit thing. Where did you go to get this done? You know, we, we I keep bringing up stem cells on the show because I'm super interested in it because, I mean, it solves a lot of problems. Have you heard that story? You heard that story about Mel Gibson's dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, yeah, yeah. I saw the podcast. You, you saw the podcast? Crazy. But, so, you went and did it. Where did you go and do it? It's this neurologist's office in Santa Monica. Oh, you're able to do it here? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if that, you know, Mel Gibson had some sort of like, you know, chupacabra stem cells that he got in Mexico. I, I don't know. But but um, yeah, I, so I did this thing. I don't know if you know Neil Brennan, the comedian, mm-hmm. but he talked about a show about TMS, which is trans. I can't remember what it stands for, but it's basically magnets on your brain. It's really good for anxiety and depression. So I did that, which is a sort of new treatment. And it's incredible. And in the same office, they also do stem cells and stuff like that. So did you feel the effects of it right away, or is it something that takes a while to feel? It takes about a month to kick in. Okay. And you just sort of feel like increased energy and stuff like that. It's basically like going to Erewhon and getting a ginger shot. Basically. I've still never been to Erewhon. Ooh. I'm new to LA. Really? Yeah. I look like a guy that would be there. Yeah. She's like, yeah. To be honest, you have more of a Whole Foods vibe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
That's not bad. Yeah. It's just more related. Trader Joe's or... No, no, no. Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Okay. <laughs> Whole Foods I'll work my way up. I'll work my way up. But I gotta... I, everyone keeps talking about Wait, this. What's so great about Air One? I've only been there once. Isn't everything $80 million? Yeah, it's very expensive. Um, I think... I think... Well, Whole Foods is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, last is good. I think Air One... It, you just get sort of indoctrinated into the... I think what separates them is they have this tonic bar. So they make these like Chinese herbal tonics and, you know, $18 things, ice creams that people go and eat because they don't eat real food and stuff like that. And there's just like, it's like a daytime nightclub. Like, Okay, you need an overheard Air One. Well, that's where it started. I mean, that's basically overheard. But can, can, we, can we get an overheard Air One account that's just about the $18 tonics? I don't think they'd pay. And it it's too like, niche, it huh? Like too, it too feels niche. like a lot of money and time to like promote them. And I feel like they're making a lot of money. Yeah, you're selling an eighteen dollar tonic. Yeah, costs you about sixty cents a make. Really smart. They make yeah. a lot of money. I think. What advice do you have for someone that wants to get into what's the social right commentary? Social commentary. Oh, you can call it a meme account. Okay. What advice would you give to someone that's starting out right now today in 2019? But specifically with a meme account or just just to sort I mean, of promote account like yours. I think it's like anybody that wants to build a career like you have using social. Like, what do you think the criteria is for that? It's gonna. I mean, it's gonna sound really sort of standard, you know. But like, I, I think authenticity is key, you know. Like, if you think about the people that have, well, that's not true. But, <laughs> but if you think about people you really like, like whether it's Humans of New York or Subway Creatures you know, or whatever, like you know, the, the, it it just very much knows what it is, and I think it's about like pick one thing, and do that very well, you know. Like, there's no you're 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 posting into a maelstrom of content you know that's both original and terrible like i think one of the cool things about instagram is you're seeing all these artists emerge like we work we work with a lot of illustrators and stuff so like if you're an illustrator you do that one thing and that's what it is and people resonate with it or they don't and i think you kind of have to approach social media that way you know like have you read the book by gary keller called the one thing no you'd like it did i just write it pretty much yeah well it's funny because I mean, like, if that's your natural instinct, like, it's spot on, like, doing one thing well. I think where people get all over, when they get all over the place and they try to do a bunch of things well, is it, the, it causes so much confusion that nobody can jump, nobody can get behind that cause, right? You're like, what the hell does this stand for? I think with what you're doing, it is just one thing. And so people can identify with it. They can feel like they're part of a community. They can get involved in it. And it's because you've chosen to stand on one thing. And it's fucking funny. Yeah. yeah I mean, hopefully, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't do it on purpose in the sense that like when I launched it, I was just like, this is a good idea. I'm going to, I'm going to come up with some rules. And I, I didn't go into it trying to make money. I was just, I was describing it to my friend as like a primal squeak. I was just so pent up like creatively and career wise. And I was just like, do something, you know? But I think if you, if you can genuinely find something that resonates with people and you have to like, you have to try different things. Like I was goofing around on my private account and tried like three or four things that were like mildly funny for whatever reason, text on the Instagram platform, you know, sort of enshrined in the filtered Instagram platform that was, you know, user generated and reflective of the city. Like that worked. People just got it. Um, so it might not be your first thing, you know? And I, I see these people on social media with like a paragraph of hashtags and trying to be this or that. It's like people don't want that. No. What's a book or a resource or a podcast that you can recommend to our audience? I know you told us earlier some podcasts. Maybe you could tell us those. I don't know. I don't think the audience is going to like my podcast. We like your podcast. Uh, Skinny Confidentials number one. Yeah. Thank you. Skinny Confidentials number two, three, four. <laughs> I, I was listening to the uh, the one about the Theranos lady. Mm-hmm. What's that? It's called uh, like, I can't remember what it's, it's called. It's this one. 
know. Anyway, it's basically, I think it's from Frontline. I like Sam Harris's podcast, Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan. I don't know. I, I mean, I we're sort of considering what our podcast would look like and, you know, how what Overheard would, man, how it would manifest in audio. I would listen. Subscribe. I would subscribe. I'd rate you would and hear, reveal. You yeah. would overhear it? I would overhear it. Books. One of my favorite pieces of nonfiction is by David Foster Wallace. It's this thing. It's a compilation of stories called A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again, hmm. which Bridget, I know, has done many times. And the last story, <laughs> it, it, it's about a cruise, and it's 100 pages, so no one will read it. But for the, <laughs> but for the few people that still know how to read, it bas- it's basically this neurotic Jew, brilliant guy that goes on this, like, carnival cruise for a week and it's just the unrelenting tale of his experience on like a floating piece of oklahoma i'm gonna check this out yeah it sounds good yeah and it's like you know two page long footnotes and he's you know playing chess with an 11 year old girl and getting beaten and it's just hilarious what's your what's your day-to-day like now your real day-to-day what's your real day-to-day not Uh, like not like the like inflated day-to-day that everyone gives like your actual real day-to-day uh so we have an office now like we have a sort of you know there's Bridget and Justine are like in the office along with me. And then, you know, my business partner's in there two days a week. So, you know, I try to maintain some modicum of office hours, even though I have no ability to focus and concentrate at this point in time. (laughs) But basically making sure the accounts are running well, making sure we have, you know, like compelling story content. Like we just did some something for the Oscars where we did like the overheard Oscars and sort of turned our content into like, you know, best cinematography. And it's like someone talking about how their Instagram aesthetic is fake carefree. So there's that. A lot of phone calls and meetings. Like, you know, we have a meeting with a really awesome brand at five o'clock today. Bridget's usually working on proposals. So we get, you know, it's just, I'm sure you guys know about this, this whole hidden world where people hit you up, you know, to work with you and, you know, you have to submit proposals and figure it all out. Try to come up with, you know, semi-creative ideas where, you know, and then kind of trying to push forward these initiatives. You know, it's a lot of phone calls and meetings. The good thing is you have leverage now. Don't let those brands fool you. Get the leverage. Yeah, I think we're really lucky. Like the brands we work with, like we're—I don't want to sound again. I don't want to sound douchey, but we're like the brand we started with was Lalavo, and the next brand we worked Great with brand. was Bumble. And so we've tried to avoid the mermaid blankets and the cheesy stuff. We've screwed up once or twice. The mermaid the, blankets. What's you know, that? like the stuff you see pitched. On, have you never worn a mermaid blanket? No. What's that? It's like a thing that was going around Instagram for a while, where it's like a mermaid thing, and you. It's like a Snuggie for your legs. Okay. <laughs> Why are you buying one right now? I don't know. Can you Amazon Prime me one with that book? Well, it's sold now. I was add to cart. <laughs> but, like, we're lucky. We work we work with Parachute Home and Four Sigmatic and um, Uber. and Four Sigmatic is the best. Yeah, they're amazing. We worked with Erewhon before mm-hmm. on, like, promoting their stuff. We work with Alfred. We're, we're doing a collab with them in um, in April. Oh, that's a great collab. Yeah. yeah. How fun great is that? Great brand. It's like the $10 latte. Pimp yourself out to our audience. If you guys don't follow Overheard LA, you are missing out. That's my favorite. I'm being honest. It shouldn't surprise you, though. No, it's the original. It's it's, it's my favorite. Yeah, Overheard LA, Overheard New York, uh, Overheard San Francisco. There's about a bunch of, you know, other accounts that aren't ours that I can't claim to. Uh, Overheard Lalabo, Bumble, Uber. Um, Overheard Kathy. Fighting. She's just fighting. She's an abandoned dog. She needs dog. help, guys. Bridget she needs fa- some help. Bridget found her in a park tied to a bench. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Last year. Aww. She looked pretty good. And she just can't break a thousand followers. So we'll see how Let's much see. you're all, how powerful If our listeners is. want to support a dog that was down and out, tied to a bench. Yeah. 
please. And guys, if they don't, I don't even want them as listeners. Unfollow Michael. You don't need to see his love bracelet. Go Actually, follow over can her. Can try your bracelet on? I don't even know how to take it off. I got to get a screwdriver. So they learned you. I already, get, I already ordered one. Got to get a power drill. But the move nowadays is not to have one. It's like, oh, you have one. It's like, I know, you have to have like seven. And it's like, oh, the Russian oligarch gave that to me. Oh. You know, I've had this. I was just talking about this yesterday. I've had this on since two Septembers ago. That's I just. We don't need your whole life story. Thank you so much for coming on, Jesse. Thank you for scooping CBD out of your Jansport backpack and gracing us with your presence. Thank you so much. Follow Overheard LA guys and Overheard Kathy. (laughs) She's got no chance. Do you want TSC cheeky pink flirty stickers? I mean, they're so cute. I like to decorate my hydro flask with them. I put them on my phone case, maybe my AirPod case. You can get fun with it. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram, and I will send five of you TSC cheeky, pretty, Barbie-ish stickers. Make sure you've also rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the podcast. It takes five seconds, and your support is what keeps the show growing. Tell your friends. And with that, we get to hang out with you twice this week. We have an episode going live on Friday. Taylor, who's the guest? We have the Wellness Mama, and I think everybody will like it because it's really informative. Yes, she is so informative. You guys are going to freak your lover. With that, we'll see you on Instagram at The Skinny Confidential and at TSC Podcast. <laughs>